Sharika Matthews, and you're listening to Orgasmic Relationships, a podcast designed to show women how to create deep, passionate, soul-stirring relationships. Each week, we will discuss topics ranging from dating, situationships, marriage, divorce, and everything in between. So if you're ready to transform your love life and shift your perspective about what's really possible for you, you're in the right place. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Orgasmic Relationships. I am your host, Sharika Matthews, life coach and relationship expert. So over the last few episodes, we've been talking a whole lot about romantic relationships. And in a sense, that is what this podcast is about, right? How to create that um, orgasmic relationship for your romantic relationship. But I want to remind everyone that there are actually three main types of relationships that every human being at some point will need to develop. Number one, a relationship with God. Number two, a relationship with others, including your romantic relationships. And then number three, a relationship with yourself. And in a lot of circles, we spend a whole lot of time talking about spirituality and reconnecting with God and the universe. And then we spend even more time talking about how to have the the right friendships and the right romantic relationships that will help us become the next best version of ourselves. But we don't spend a whole lot of energy or we don't spend as, as much energy into developing our relationship with ourselves as we do with everything else. And that is the purpose of our conversation today. And that's why I've invited our guest today, Miss Stacy. Stacy was a dedicated registered nurse for 26 years. She found her true calling after surviving a life-altering illness and has since become the founder of Happy Healthy Healing Reiki and the Manifesting Version Academy. She assists women in taking their power back by helping them release their own trauma and heartaches, teaching women to connect with their divine source for the first time and to start living a life beyond their wildest dreams. After surviving a lifetime of trauma, PTSD, and self-sabotaging behaviors, she experienced firsthand the power of God's grace and energy healing. She is now compelled to help others through her stories, her positivity, and her wicked sense of humor. The path she has walked has led her down a more holistic path of healing with a passion to help others using the same unique healing modalities that helped her. Assisting women in removing the stigma of mental health and owning their own hot messiness by fucking loving yourself first is her passion. There will always be twinkles of light in the darkness. You just have to know how to dance in the dark. Thank you so much, Stacey, for joining me here today. How are you? I am awesome. I've never heard that read to me. I'm like very emotional. And I'm like, damn, bitch, you sound good. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. When you come on my platform, when you come to my house today, we're going to build each other up, okay? Oh, yes. Oh, reciprocity. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are going to build each other up. And really, you are freaking awesome. I mean, you've got you've been a nurse, which means that this tells me you have a spirit of giving, you have a spirit of, of, of healing and you have a spirit for people. And that's something that a lot of us have 
struggle with is, is, is our spirit for helping people and our spirit for giving it to the world. So I just honor you for honoring yourself, honoring your calling and using your gifts to serve other women. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on honor. I'm honored and very grateful to be here. Thank you. Great. <laughs> so let's start our conversation talking a little bit more about you, Stacey. I know when we first talked, um, I think it was just yesterday, right? When we first talked, just getting to know each other a little bit. You mentioned that you've gone through some things in your life as far as, um, you know, a life altering experience, but you really started your journey on, I'm going to call it coming back to yourself or rediscovering yourself about four years ago. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. Um, and understand I have been doing the, the podcast tour and I have been talking about my near death experience because that's when everything really, that was the catalyst. Mm-hmm. So I have not really spoken in, in public, um, yeah. you know, about, about certain things. I'm still in trauma therapy. Yeah. Um, it's still, obviously you can see I'm, I'm, a, I'm a badass bitch, but <laughs> there there's when, when it comes to talking about some things for the very first time, I'm still healing. Yeah. So this is a big deal for me. So if I lose it, it's like you home. are in a safe space. Okay. You know, but, but understand I'm actively healing. And I finally came to the point where I'm like, there is no shame in my game and let those tears, you know, let them, let them fall. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that's, and he said, there's no shame in the game. And that's something that I think as a whole women, we really struggle with. We judge ourselves so much. This is we, hard for me. Yeah. On my own worst enemy, self-sabotage. Hello, <laughs> And, you know, listeners, this, this is real talk here because none of us are perfect. And even those of us who are experts in our field, we are in the process of becoming. We don't, we are in the process of arriving because you don't ever just arrive at a destination, at a destination. We are constantly healing. We are constantly growing. We are constantly doing our own work, which allows us to assist you in doing your work. So when we talk about the shame, yeah, this, we do feel some fear. We do feel some shame every once in a while, but it is not something that has to cripple you. It's not something that has to cripple you. And most of the time, the things that we feel shameful about are the very things that's going to set you free and set other people in your life free. So I just want to speak that into you, Stacy, and speak back to anyone who needs to hear it. It's going to set all of us free. So I, I, I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, I just had to recalibrate. Um, um, you know, because God's with me. I, I, I feel, you know, right. I got my guides. I'm good. Yes, absolutely. I'm ready. All I'm right. Ready to jump off the damn bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm free falling right now, y'all. <laughs> it's all right. It is all right. So I know, like we said earlier, that you went through an experience. We don't have to go into all the details of okay, it. Thank you. But you went through an experience that catapulted you into reevaluating who you are as a person and who you are as a woman. What did that part of your journey look like when you woke up one day? It's like, you know what? I really need to get back to who I am. Like, who is Stacy? I, I didn't wake up. Um, mm-hmm. So four years ago, I decided um, that I was done with life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I begged God to take me. I would never attempt to take my own life, Mm -hmm. but I had those thoughts. 
And then I have had a couple of flashbacks since then that has shown me twice I have gone back to that time. And I had a moment where I was done and I wanted to go back to that time. And I was at my rock bottom. And I had no coping skills at all, none. I had nothing to lean on except my amazing husband who I had kicked out of my heart. And I called my sister and I said, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I went out. And she's very religious. And she said, I'm sending you a song. Will you listen? And the one thing I can say all of my life, I've never had that connection with God, but I've always loved me some worship music. I was like, "Woo, bring it on, bring it on. I didn't know what that connection was, but whatever it was, whatever you want to call it, I was like, bring it. Fine, fine. She sends me a song and I got nothing. Now understand I was in critical condition. Um, my, my belly was so full of poison that I was in the hospital for five days in a drug-induced state and I had been discharged with go see a psychiatrist. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So I was on my way out again. And anyway, um, sends me this song and I was really low and I just started listening. And about 35 minutes later, I listened to it over and over again. I felt something in my heart that I can only explain looking back. Now I know what it is. I'm, I'm there all the time now. It was like this, this butterfly in my heart and a little flutter of excitement and the most unimaginable feeling of unconditional love. I couldn't even put in words. Mm. It's that good. Like you want to talk about sex, the best orgasm you've ever had to multiply it by a thousand. Is that good? Is that good? Whoa. Hallelujah. All righty. All right. So, and miraculously, and my husband witnessed all of this, my stomach goes down. My stomach Mm. was out to here. I waddled. Yeah. waddled and my stomach went down. So I got out of bed and I literally, Oh my God. Oh my, Oh my God. What happened? And my husband's like, did you just shit out the triplets? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love anyway, men. <laughs> what a, yeah, exactly. So then I go back to bed. All I needed was that. Yeah. And I had hope. I had five minutes of hope that put a spark in my heart enough for me to say, girl, it is time to go get some Jesus, God, whatever you want to call it in your life. Yeah. And that was four years ago. Yeah, absolutely. That is such an incredible story. And the way you describe your, your experience coming into God, really, that's exactly what it is. I know everyone's experience coming into God is different, right? But when you actually have that encounter, it's an encounter that is so indescribable. Like I remember my experience, it felt like it was a release, but mine felt more like a relief. Yes. It felt like a relief where I felt a comforting where I, I really felt as if I was sitting on God's lap and I had my hand on his shoulder. He wrapped his arm around me. That's, that's what my experience felt like. (laughs) And I feel that in my heart. Yeah. 
Yeah, you feel safe. You feel at home. You feel, and, and really, the overwhelming, the overwhelming feeling for me was safety, and that, and that's one of my, um, I call it my secondary love languages. My my love language is to feel safe, and if I don't feel safe, eh, it's hard for, for love to flow out of me. <laughs> me and I don't feel safe, but I've got all the love to light up the whole damn world. But <laughs> I, I do not feel, I do not feel safe, and that's why I'm struggling. Yeah. So we're the exact opposite. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very inspired by you. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, so with this experience that you had, and now you, you've had your, your spiritual experience with God and you're, you're starting to learn more about that. How did you, how did that lead you into becoming an intuitive helper and teaching women about their femininity and, and self-love? How did that, how did you get here today is what I'm asking. So my next path was, of course, I, be, I decided to be one with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jews for Jesus. Jews for Jesus. <laughs> let's, let's go. You know, I, so I went, I'm going back to my roots here. Yeah. So I decided to go to church and I spent a year and a, a year, a year, every Saturday in church. I was a good girl. I did everything right. Yeah. Did everything right. Mm-hmm. And I was happy. It changed my life. Yeah. You know? Got married in 2020. I'm down this whole, I'm down this happy path, holistic healing. I'm doing great. And 2020, um, I got married. I got married and to the love of my life. Um, I don't call him my Prince Charming. He's going to kill me for this, but then since, <laughs> oh God, I, he's the Duke of Dick. So <laughs> you understand. <laughs> I, love- I love you. I love you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. 25 years. I thought I was married to Prince Charming. I had the multi-million. I had the mercy. I had it. I had it all. Yeah. And I was a friggin' princess queen. I no, thank you. I won. I wanted the Duke of Dick <laughs> with the heart and everything else of Prince Charming. But the yeah. Duke of Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. That is so awesome. Look at you all blushing and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. You are, you just unleashed the crack and we're in trouble now. <laughs> oh, I love it. But you know, that, that brings up a, a good point too, because, um, you know, we're talking with, with women sometimes, oh, it, it feels like there's an either or mentality where you can get the man with, like you said, the multi-million dollars, the house, the cars, all the stuff, and you may be living good, but then you don't have the good sex, you don't have the good dick, you don't have the, the safety, you don't have the love, you don't have all the other stuff that's actually the substance of the relationship. But now you shifted from, okay, I now have met the love of my life who serves, who gives me, who meets the needs that I, that my heart truly desire. And I love that for you. I, I manifested him. That was the yeah. first magic I've, I, I, looking back now, that was the first sign that, that, that was the magic. That was when the magic, believe it or not, seven years ago is truly when the magic started. I started seeing the magic. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, I hadn't planned on asking this question, but since you brought up the Duke of Dick, um, <laughs> It's magical, magically delicious. Oh my God. How did you, how did you keep yourself from becoming digmatized? Have you heard that word before, digmatized? Like dick drunk? 
Yeah, like dick drunk or you're so in you're so in love with the dick that you make excuses for all the other shit that's happening around you. Actually, Kenny does accuse me of that because he's like, you only want me for my dick. I'm like, okay, but there's other reasons too. Let's be honest. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, to me, it's, God, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it because there's so much to talk about. And, and if I might interject, because we've had some conversation before here, I think the difference in your relationship, in your marriage, really, where you love him for his dick and everything else is that you have everything else. You know, sometimes in, in relationships, we we start sleeping with the man. And the sex is so good. The dick is like just right. And we yeah. become blind and deaf to red flags and yellow flags and warning signs and stuff like that we find ourselves in unhealthy relationships but it looks like based on just conversations that you and I have had he seems to be the whole package so here the funny thing you said I wasn't dick drunk in my first marriage I was money drunk Mm. I was survival drunk Mm. I was everything other drunk so for 25 years I lived that lifestyle so with Kenny and this is a true story. I've, I've journaled it a thousand and one times. The last three years of my marriage, I prayed to God as I cried myself to sleep every night because I was so clinically depressed and broken. I said, all I want is a soul mm. and Latin lover. If you feel, <laughs> if you feel willing, a Latin lover and everyone yes. I, I tell this story all the time. All yeah. I wanted was a soul and a Latin lover. That's all. That's all I want. I wanted a soul connection. And I had a connection with my ex-husband. I don't want to make it seem like he's a monster because he's not. There are days he's still one of my closest friends. And there are days like today, I hate him. So it's (laughs) like this, but he's been in my life since I was 17 years old for our children's sake. You know, we're very, very compatible when we get along. Yeah. (laughs) It's, 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 it's very healthy. It is. It's healthy. Yeah. You know, yeah. And the note that I want my listeners to catch on what she just said is that just because you have an ex doesn't mean he's a villain. We yeah. often tend to villainize our ex-lovers, our ex-mates, our ex-partners, our ex-husbands, because it didn't work out. Sometimes it didn't work out for the best, but it doesn't mean that he's a bad person. or He has to be the villain in your story. So many life. He brought me here. If it wasn't for him, he gave me an amazing life. He saved my life when I was 17, 18 years old. If it wasn't for him, I would not have met Kenny and I would not have seen what will I settle with? What won't I settle with? So how could I say it was a negative thing? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another perfect thing with your soul. When you live life through your soul and your heart, why? Yeah, there are bad experiences, but you flip it around and say, what was the positive? And I learned from both. I learned from the negative. You don't do it again. I keep learning though, because <laughs> I'm stubborn. You know, you, you just, yeah. so many yeah. different ways to look at it. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and you, and we as women have the power to choose the story we want to tell ourselves and tell others. And that's the key, right? You get Amen. to choose. Because if I choose to frame every ex-boyfriend or every ex-husband as a bad person, not only am I 
you know, painting a negative picture of my past, I'm putting that negative energy out into the world. That energy goes before me before I even step into the room. And then we began to wonder, why don't men like me? Why aren't men attracting to me? Why can't I ever manifest the things I'm looking for when in reality, your words are creating your, your, your presence, your words of how you speak about your past. Yes lays the canvas for your presence and your future. So we want to acknowledge the truth. You know, if, if it was a bad experience, it's okay to say it was a bad experience. But if it was a okay. good experience or if it was both, it's okay right. to highlight the good and the bad. But we don't want to get into a mode of creating a storyline right. that all things are bad. Because if all things are bad, how do you expect any good into your life? You can. And I lived like that for all my life until four years ago. That's when it everything drastically shifted. Yeah. And that was the catalyst for the most, most eye-opening, transformative four years of my life. It's, a, it's yeah. amazing. And people, it's so funny because Kenny always says to me, you realize I told you about this whole positivity thing six years ago. <laughs> Ser- no, ser- and seriously. And I'm like, I didn't want to hear it. I wasn't. Re- that's what people have to realize. Is it that easy? When you're ready? Yeah. Yeah. When you're ready. I was not until Stacy was ready to go back to hell. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's when I knew I was ready. And that's the big thing. People don't understand. You must be ready or yeah. you ain't going to get shit. Yeah. Yeah. And the way we get ready comes different ways, right? Sometimes it is an experience. Sometimes it's a person. Sometimes it's an awakening. Sometimes it's just, you just get tired of feeling the way you're feeling and you want something different. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was my, yeah, that was me. Just like you. I was, I was done. Yeah, I was done. I wanted to live a life beyond my, beyond my wildest dreams. You know, the, the books that we read, the fairy tales, Yeah, I wasn't going to stop until I had that fairy tale life that I did not have because of my own fault and my own trauma, you see? Yeah. Yeah. And how, how did you embody that, that desire so that it became a belief that it is possible for you? I lived my life. I did the whole whole law of attraction, ask, believe, receive. Mm -hmm. I asked for it and no wonder it wasn't working because I wasn't believing number one in God. Mm. Number always God for the first yeah. time in my life. I'm saying God is first. I always like would were people like, uh, no, my kids and husband, I got it all backwards. Yeah. You know, number one, God. And then yeah. number one, myself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I love that. Number one, believe in God. Number two, believe in yourself. It's always one to me. But you have to understand this, my transformation in the four years last year is when I had my near-death experience. It's going to be coming up on a year. Mm-hmm. And that's when everything that I ever thought I knew, wow, was I wrong. Mm. I met God. Everything was explained, my purpose, my mission, my why. And I'm like, I'm still kicking and screaming because I'm very stubborn. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you go, you're, I, you know, as we talk about trauma, like we did before, nine years old, I've been doing shit on my own. I need no one. No one and including mm. God, including mm. God. Yeah. So last year, every day I woke up in gratitude. I went to bed in gratitude. Now I started this two years ago. Yeah. Again, I put the work in. Yeah. I was ready 
to like, I, you know, it's like, and the funny part is, is all my life, I was a quitter. I hate to say that, but I honestly, and I don't, I don't, I don't appear, I can't believe how cruel I was to myself, but for the first time in my life, I found out because I blocked a lot of my shit because of trauma Mm -hmm. that I was the eighth grade spelling bee champ in Las Vegas. And I'm like, look at you. Yes. Brains and beauty, honey. My dad called me dingy. And my mom said I was going to grow up and either be a cocktail waitress or the head of airhead fashions. So not very high expectations. Wow. So I I wasn't, I, I had that belief. All my life, I was unworthy and I was a nobody by family. What blah, blah, blah. Mm. Again, I, I am not blaming myself, but if you want to talk about trauma, I believe the things people said to me. Yeah. And I got beaten mm. down, beaten down. And I decided I needed no one mm. until I connected with God. And that was in this past year, every day. And I don't want to sound like, you know, oh my God, like that's all she talks about, but I am friggin' happy. I, I chose happy. Y'all can say what you want, but honestly, what it came down to, I chose Stacy and I chose happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's, is- that's all. That's it. That's it. That to me, that's the key to life. And whatever happens, like I'm living my dream life. Yeah. Whatever happens tomorrow, if I'm allowed to wake up and I'm given another day, I don't know anything, you know? Yeah. But look at this life that God has given me. So he's ah, <laughs> number one on top of the mountain. I'll be screaming your, his praises because look what he's done in my life. Absolutely. I, love I forgot it. that. I forgot yeah. about that person. Yeah. And that's and that, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about coming back to who you are, remembering who you are. Be, I mean, this your story is so awesome. Like there's so many good points in what you just said. So we forgot who we are, who we were because of the negative influence of well-meaning people, starting with parents, sometimes it's church, sometimes it's teachers, sometimes it's friends, people who mean well in your life. They don't mean to tear you down. It's just they're speaking to you and they're teaching you from their limited negative experiences. And so they began to tell you, yeah, they began to tell you what you can and cannot do because they've never done what you aspire to be. They tell you what you can and cannot have because, because they've always been in, in an abusive relationship or they've always had men cheat on them or they have never aspired to have healthy, wholesome relationships. So they're teaching you from that paradigm. But that's why, and then as adults, we grow up in that. And, and as adults, is why it's important. There's this quote, um, how does it go? And I, I love this quote. It says, get you some, some water walking friends so that when life and God calls you to step out of the boat, you don't have to teach people how to swim. Oh, girl, I can't believe you just said that. You literally nailed it on the head because I don't have many of those friends. Yeah. That is why I went into such a deep depression a couple months ago. That is why I do. I I'm always lifting everyone else up. Yeah. We can't always do that. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm, this one's on me. I'm taking full accountability. I don't know. I don't know about you because you're a very strong woman. I will chew off my arm before I ask for help. 
Let me tell you something. I used to be like that. I used to be like that up until maybe, I want to say maybe a year or two ago. I don't know. But, and and this brings me back to the other point of the story is about this hyper-independence that a lot of us have. We call it being a strong woman, but it's nothing but hyper-independence that is a trauma response. Yes. That's all that is. Love it. Yes. Hyper. I love I love it. You nailed it on the head. Amen. Yeah. And no one understands it because I, I'm t- I can't normalize it. And who do you call? Because none of my friends get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my trauma is so deep. My wounds are so dark. Not many people understand. And I don't open it up to a lot of people because I was so shamed. Yeah. I didn't open up to anyone. Just a very select soul sisters that God was like, are you ready? Because when you're ready, I'm going to give them to you. Yeah. Yes, I am ready. Yeah. And yeah. they appeared. Yeah. But it only started in January. So I, that's why I remember I told you I'm actively healing. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally, I'm going through the trenches right now. I mean, I'm in, I'm with, I'm there with God, you know, almost drowning. And I'm still like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Stacey. Girl, we be having all kinds of resistance to God. God be like, look, I'm trying to get you on the boat. You out here drawing. I'll just hold my hand, ma'am. Reach out your pinky toe if you have to and grab my pinky toe and I'm gonna pull you up in this boat. But we so busy talking about God, but I'm strong. I don't need help. You really want me to do that, God? For real? You sure you sure you talk about me? You're not talking about Stacy down the street. You're talking about this Stacy? Look, I done had all the conversations, okay? <laughs> The, the smackdown i call it my stacy smackdown i'm like okay like i literally go in the corner and then i transition then i'm like i need help and the person appears it's miraculous yeah yeah you it, get it. it i love that you get it you get oh, it absolutely and that's the wonderful thing about telling our stories is that we we often think in our heads that we're the only ones who go through this that we're the only ones who understand this but in reality, there's at least one other person who gets it because I do believe there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. And for every problem that exists today, a solution existed yesterday. Amen. Absolutely. And, and that's the shift in perspective that we have to come into and create and make our truth that there is nothing too hard for you and there is nothing too hard for God. For God. That Every problem that you have today, there is a solution. All you have to do is get back into alignment with God and he will give you that solution. Why? Because who knows the mind of God, but the spirit of God, and we have the spirit of God within us. And when we recognize that we have that spirit within us, then we are able to access the mind of God who will give us the solution that we're looking for. It may not look like we thought it was going to look like, it may not feel like what we want it to feel like, but it's still the solution that you need to embrace. (laughs) You literally nailed it on the head. Amen, girl, because that would have taken me seven hours. You literally were amazing. Okay, so you know Dr. Wayne Dyer, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I mean, you know, he is the one. I mean, he is the catalyst for my transition on earth. There's a spiritual solution to every problem. and But again, like you, girl, my ego gets in the way because I'm sorry. I've been on my own since I was nine. My husband, it took three to four years going back to relationships to break down my walls. That's why I'm called the ice queen. Mm-hmm. I would, you would say, Sharika, you would talk to me. I would be like, bitch, please. Bye. And I, <laughs> no, and, and I have, 
thousands of people that can attest to this. Wow. Because when I went dark, wow, I shut everyone out and I depended. I depended. My lifeline was the kindness of strangers, mm. the kindness of strangers, because I could not reach out even to my husband. He was my best friend. That man is my soulmate. Like I do not, I mean, don't, of course I'm going to look at another man. I mean, my vibrators named <laughs> Alejandro, you know, but that man fills me up so much that I don't need, you know, I, I don't need anything from him, but even at my darkest moments, he could not help me. Yeah. He couldn't, that man that he's my soulmate. Yeah. Nope. nope. There yeah. were times that I was, that's how dark I was. And I was drowning. And I was still fighting until this day. I still fight, but the miracles are so beautiful, but I'm my yeah. own, like, you know, like you said, we are our own worst enemies. Yeah. Like queen of self-sabotaging queen of the hot messes queen of stepping in dog shit, queen of glitter <laughs> shit. Like I'm the queen, uh, but this is my, you know, like you, your house, you know what you're the queen of so yeah. many things. Yeah. Yeah. But other women are- don't see this. They don't, who, who do they have? I've got one girlfriend that I just met two months ago, Sherry. If it wasn't for that girl and her friendship, she knows she saved my ass. She saved my ass. And she's just like you. I can call her up and be like, girl. Now there are other girlfriends. I can do that. Yeah. But not many. There are certain things I'm not comfortable talking to everyone. Right. Everyone's and, and you should be. Not everyone can handle Understand. your story. Can exactly. no, Not everyone can handle your journey. And like you said, that's why you ask God for the right people right at person. the right time to help you on the right part of the journey. And we have to use our intuition and use our wisdom and discernment to recognize the help when it's sent. Whether it's be a girlfriend, whether it's a therapist, whether it's your husband, whether it's it's whomever, have the intuition, be in tune with your intuition and have the wisdom and discernment to see that. But something else that you said, too, about your husband, that there was just some things he couldn't help you with because and that's the thing that we all sometimes we make our husbands, our partners, our boyfriends, we try to make them responsible for all of us. We want him to be responsible for our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, all all under the guise of being a leader. He may be a leader in your household, but he is not your God. When you begin to make that man responsible for every part of you, you're making him your God. There is only so much that your husband can do. And then you trust that your husband will go to God on your behalf, but it's still up to you to go to God on your behalf. So that you can get the help from the source and not through everybody else. And that's the, that will cut down on a lot of confusion that we have when it comes to um, discerning whether or not we're in the right relationship or discerning whether or not this is good advice or bad advice. Should I go right? Should I go left? When you're able to go to God on your own and be able to commune with him through meditation, through prayer, through quietness then you're able to have that confidence in yourself. You're able to have that confidence in God. And then you'll be able to have that confidence in other people because ultimately your confidence really isn't in the person in and of itself. Your confidence is in the spirit of God that's working through that person to bless you. That's really what that confidence is in. And when I say confidence, I'm also talking about trust, right? Mm. Because 
you know, we, we, we may have a hard time trusting other people, but if you first and foremost can trust God and trust yourself to trust God along the way, which is, you know, a work in progress, (laughs) then it will cut down all of that confusion. You're able to see more clearly, you're able to hear more clearly, and you'll be able to have that confidence to put one foot in front of the other. Mm. Right. Mm. Oh yeah. I know. I mean, I, I need no one. That's, that's why this is the first time uh, it took, I told you three or four years to, for him to break down my walls. Kenny has never seen me cry. Yeah. Kenny until, until I mean, I had to start loving myself first before I let Kenny in. So yeah. I could not let Kenny in until God intervened. And this year is when this past year with my huge transition was the first year I started working on loving Stacy. So now, I mean, he couldn't help me out of the bathtub. It took me 45 minutes to get my walrus ass out of the bathtub <laughs> because I refused to have him help me. That's yeah. how proud I was. But yeah. that was ridiculous. Absolutely. So now I'm crying. Now I'm like, there's there's vulnerability. I'm finding out, you know, Brene Brown was right. There is strength in my vulnerability, but I Absolutely. needed no one. Like I'm that girl that if he walked away tomorrow, I'd be fine. My heart would be broken, <laughs> but he knows that. Yeah. I spent 45 years, I spent all my life on my own, but Mm -hmm. now I'm realizing I need those connections. I need, I need that community. And I'm those girls that have been with me four years ago. And the people that came back into my life during my near death experience, God told me who to bring back into my life. And he was a thousand percent, right? Yeah. Now I have, now I have my little, little circle and that's all I need. And it's like, that's why I feel now's the time for me to start start sharing because there's like you said there are so many women out there i had that mask on relationship mm-hmm. i mean i i've been there i've walked in so many damn shoes more than the kardashian closet <laughs> all of them to combine i don't know how many there are but but i feel that's like that's lot. why i'm here yeah. yeah that's why i'm still here because to show women like you your mom pick up pick up them granny panties make them look sexy too while you're at it. And, you know, and, and, and that's what self-love really is, right? Oh, it's, yes. it's loving all of you, in, you know, with your perfections and your imperfections. You're perfectly imperfect and that's perfectly okay. You know, uh, when we were talking yesterday, we were talking about um, my gray hair. And I'll share the story with our listeners too, because part of my self-love exercise was loving my gray hair. So um, I guess about maybe 10 years ago, I started seeing strands of gray in my hair. And, but it didn't really become pronounced until about a year or two ago. Like there's this patch of gray hair. You can't see it now. There was a patch of gray hair right here in the middle of my head. And immediately I wanted to color it, but I refused to color my hair because I did not want to cover up a part of me. I did not want to associate my gray hair with shame. I didn't want to associate my gray hair as something that was detrimental to me. My gray hair is a natural part of who I am, is a natural progression of my life. And so I refuse to color my hair. This has to be about three or four years because I think I colored my hair about a, no, I colored my hair I don't know when I colored my hair. I think I just colored my hair about six months ago. But I lived with this patch of gray hair for at least a year until I got comfortable with it so that when I did decide to color my hair, it wasn't from a place of shame or or covering up. It was just a decision to do something different. 
And, you know, that's, that's a part of your self-love is accepting who you are and where you are instead of doing things to cover up parts of yourself. Stacey, your vulnerability, your transparency, your journey is a part of your self-love, a part of your self-acceptance. You're, you're not hiding, you're being, you're being wise about who you share certain parts of your story with. But who you are is exactly who God made you to be, your story, your flaws, your perfections, and your imperfections. And that's true for everyone listening, whether you're struggling with the size of your waist, whether you're struggling with a chipped tooth, whether you're struggling with some health issues, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. it's all a part of who you are and learning to love it, learning to accept it as a part of you without the shame without the fear. Amen. That is self-love. Would you agree, Stacy? Oh yeah. My whole wall is a vision board of Stacy. <laughs> seriously. I, I, no, seriously. I could show I you a picture. It. I've got, well, you have to understand. I've also been in trauma therapy for therapy for two years. So again, yeah. I did the fucking work. Like I, I deserve, <laughs> I did the damn work. <laughs> So fuck everyone else who has a problem with it. I did the damn work. I, love I would it. I always, love I would always look at a picture of myself and I'm, you know, again, I was a trophy wife with the fake boobs that were almost killed me last year. You mm-hmm. know, I had the implants, you know, the Botox. I mean, I, I, that's what I wanted to look like. That was my persona. That's who I was. Um, yeah. And again, see, yeah, what I tell you, what was our word? <laughs> <The> squirrel. <laughs> but now I forgot what I was saying. So see, again, you know, there, I have some cognitive issues that love to rear their ugly head every now and yeah. then, but oh, self-love. So the first thing I ever did was I would look at a picture, Ugh, your teeth, you're crooked, your makeup, you have a double chin, you're fat. And I'm like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? So the first time my therapist knew I was healed and I'm still actively, actively, actively healing. But when it comes to beautiful me, oh no, mm-hmm. I'm fucking perfect. I'm a perfect fucking 10. Yeah, it's sitting in my ear singing. You're a fucking perfect. Yes, I am. Thank you. You know, but a year ago, she said, you know what you just did? No. She's like, for the first time you showed me a picture and you said, look how pretty I look. Yes. I've never, never, ever talked to myself. I was hideous. I, you could, I could show you journals, self-pity, self-hatred, self-doubt. Self, I mean, everything. It was terrible. So what I ended up doing was last year was a year dedicated to just loving myself one year, just loving up on Stacey while I was connecting to God. Mm -hmm. And so every time I took a picture and I would notice I had no makeup on, oh my God, like I literally, it would take me 10 posts to post one picture because I'm like, it had to be perfect. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So on my vision board is eight pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eight pictures of, of the best pictures of Stacy, all of them, no makeup and I in the middle, it. in the middle, it says she sparkles and I have all these motivate. I, I motivate myself. Like I said, I didn't have the friends because I didn't want to tell them I was suffering. Yeah. So I had to be my own cheerleader, my own coach, my home, own therapist, psychiatrist. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love had to do that. It. I love that. And that's actually something I would encourage every woman to do. If you're struggling with self-acceptance and self-love, create a vision board of you. Put several different pictures around. Put something encouraging in the middle, like you are amazing. I will tell you this other quote that that has 
I would say, been such a catalyst for my self-acceptance and self-love. And the quote is this, and it's attributed to Rumi. It says, you are not just a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in one drop. That's on my vision board. Yes. But I think I love every person Rumi. should have that on their vision board. I love board. Rumi. So put that on your vision board with pictures of you about around that quote. And then look at that and appreciate that every single day until it becomes second nature to you so that you can see exactly who you are so that you can walk in your powers. You can feel more confident about yourself and make the choices and the decisions that gets you one step closer to the life and the love that you truly desire. So as we wrap up today's podcast, what is one piece of advice that you would like to give our listeners on their self-love journey? God, the hardest part for me when it came to pointing out my flaws was looking in the mirror every morning and just saying how beautiful you are, even though you think you're absolutely disgusting. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. Start loving up on yourself when you do not believe it. That's how there are plenty of self-help out people out there. You know, feel free to reach out to me. I'll give you a couple people that were instrumental in that. But honestly, looking in the mirror and just be like, you are one beautiful, badass bitch or whatever the Um, hell um, you want to be. I want to be a beautiful, badass bitch. Let's just say. Yeah, I love that enough until I until I started believing it. And I look I weigh the exact same as a year ago with my fupa, my bat wings, which I call, you know, whatever. (laughs) I I, I don't care. It's like, I I don't even see that anymore. I don't even see that. So to me, it all starts with self-love, loving yourself, God, yourself, boom. And laughter. And laughter. You got to make it funny. You got to yes, make it absolutely. funny. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Stacey, for joining me here today. I really applaud you for your transparency. I applaud you for your courage. I applaud you for stepping out on faith and serving others from such a, a, a good space and a good heart and good energy. Thank How you. would our listeners be able to find you if they want to reach out to you to learn more about your book or learn more about your services? Sure. So um, I really, (laughs) I don't really offer any services right now. I'm actually just healing. So I'm just sharing my story. And um, I have a podcast, uh, Snowman, Unfiltered Snowman Ice Queen in the Morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's totally uh, Brian and I, who is a uh, pancreatic cancer survivor. Um, We are melting the stigma on mental health. So we just launched that. So it should be available next week. Um, And the Manifesting Virgin Academy um, is who I am. So people feel free to email. They can email me there. And <laughs> this is happy, healthy, healing, reiki.com. Yeah. Um, is all, is what's set up right now. I've got a lot going on. So right now that's what's set up. Um, awesome. I'm doing my first summit tomorrow. So wish me luck. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the women who's going to be in the audience. So again, Stacey, thank you so much. And to my listeners, thank you so much for your time here today. I hope that today's conversation was a huge blessing for you and that you received at least one or two gems that you can take and apply to your life and to your relationships today. So until next time, be bold, brilliant, and completely unstoppable in the pursuits of what your heart truly desires in life and in your relationships. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.